What's happening, all you crazy fun people? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows. My name is Tyler, obviously, and I'm joined here with Cameron. Cam, how you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Doing, doing well. well. As you notice, we are missing the third fella who's joining us in spirit right behind the microphone. <laughs> uh, Lucas, we hope you're having a good time out in California. Yes. Hope uh, everything's finishing up well out there for yeah. you. Hope you're getting enough smart, uh, Starbucks out there because mm-hmm. definitely can't you know, have that anywhere else. (laughs) Um, So welcome back to another episode again. Um, In last episode, we went over um, the fellas uh, mock draft 2.0. Yes. I think first eight rounds, the first eight rounds of 2.0. And in this episode, uh, we will be finishing up that draft. Sure. We may not be going into such analysis as we did the last episode, but yep. we will highlight some of those players that we took uh, in the later rounds and just kind of share something about them yes. that we like, whether it's value or we see them as a sleeper or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, but before we get into that, um, normally in the show, we do a segment called Hot Take Tie. And uh, there's really no hot takes to do when you do a mock draft Mm -hmm. right so i thought you know what maybe this might be the opportune time is that a word i don't think opportune time opportune time sorry (laughs) Uh, i'm a teacher that works yes (laughs) yes boom um to monologue because that is also a staple of our of our little show uh lucas uh you know monologued about the lions backfield you monologued about miles sanders and, and joe mixon and joe mixon that's right that was both ways you <laughs> you started off you you kicked off the monologue so um like i said in, in the spirit of this monologue staple i i too shall dabble <laughs> dabble. I'll dabble in the monologues and my monologue will be about Devontae Adams and this pains me as a Vikings fan to talk oh. about a Packer player like this but there is something happening right now in a lot of mock drafts and a lot of other uh, noise we'll say that Devontae Adams is now slowly falling out of the first round because of the uncertainty with Rodgers And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that this is a crime against fantasy football, okay? Devontae Adams is what a lot of people would say is is a top two wide receiver, and he ain't two. And, you know, as a Vikings fan, I don't want to say that he's the best, but I, I have to say it. He is the best receiver in the game, at least, at least top three. He is, he's just that good. And, I know nothing will prove that besides the cold hard facts and the numbers. So I threw together some numbers for all of y'all to hopefully convince you just that even if Rogers leaves, Devontae Adams is still a top five at the bare minimum wide yes. receiver in fantasy football. In the past three seasons, 2018, 2019, and 2020, Devontae Adams has played in only 41 games. Yes, that raises some question marks here and there. How healthy can he stay? Because he's missed at least one game every year. But just listen to this. In 41 games, he's totaled 309 receptions on 331 targets, 3,757 receiving yards, and 36 touchdowns. Okay. Now, I'm going to take out 2019 because in 2019, he only played one game, okay? 
Here are his totals minus 2019. 302 receptions, 318 targets, 3,664 yards, and 35 touchdowns. If you need some help with this, his season averages come out to be 103 receptions a year with 110 targets, 1,252 yards, and 12 touchdowns, okay? If we put this together with the fantasy scoring chart, that is 300 fantasy points each year. That is high. That's like high tier one superstar elite running back numbers. Yes. And a wide receiver. And yes, it's more likely for a receiver to get those numbers than a running back. But there's only one or two receivers that it actually happens to. Every year, yeah. Every year. And Devontae has done that for the past two years. Now, I want to break this down to an even smaller scale for you his game averages he's averaging seven and a half catches a game okay on eight targets so drops are not an issue (laughs) uh he averages 92 yards a game and he scores almost every single game 22 points a game at minimum (laughs) there is a 87 percent chance that Devontae Adams scores at least one touchdown in every game that he plays. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that is unbelievable. So, like I said, yes, if Rodgers drops out, his value drops a little bit, but he is still a first-round pick. When you are a receiver with those kind of stats, it doesn't matter who's throwing you the ball. You will still get open. You will still see the ball thrown your way, okay? And as of today, there was a report from a source that came out and said Rodgers was not on the opt-out list for the season. So as of right now, Rodgers is still playing. And you know what that means? He should be a first-round pick. I don't want to see any more of this dropping out of round one into round two nonsense with Devontae. He is wide receiver one, and for good reason. Yes. Okay? Now, we all have the same opinion in the fellas that Devontae's – Still a first-round pick. Yes. But like I said, some people just need to hear this. And I'm not – it just, like I said, has to be said. (laughs) So there, I end my little monologue. I hope I convinced some of you to stop just neglecting Devontae Adams. It's not a bad pick if you take him late first round. It is not a bad pick. No. So anyway – we will now get back into the rest of our mock draft. And I know it's been a whirlwind of an episode so far, but <laughs> I promise you we will get through this, okay? So uh, we went through the first eight rounds of yes. the mock draft last episode. So now um, we will just mention who we kind of took um, in rounds nine to, I guess that would be 16. 16. That's the standard roster size. Um, so – Cameron, yes. You want to mention who you took in your last rounds and for sure. So I took, I went Damian Harris, Michael Gallup, Baker Mayfield, Cole Beasley, Marvin Jones, Gerald Everett. So I I waited till around (laughs) fourteen, pick nine to take my only tight end, and then I took the Tampa defense and Ryan Suckup. I have to, I had to say something though, real quick. Mm. 
I'm pretty sure I'm I have uh, influenced you enough to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense every single time. Every single time. So I have to I have to you know for sure t- take that as my. I'll give that one to you. <laughs> so I'm gonna highlight two players real quick. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna highlight Damian Harris. Uh, Ty had talked about him a little bit earlier. There's some news coming out that he's gonna for sure be that workhorse. Obviously, if Cam Newton's there, touchdown rate goes way down. Yep. If Mac Jones steps in at all, those touchdowns are going to go to Damian Harris. Yep. He was incredibly efficient last year and ran the ball, I want to say 200-plus times. About, yeah. And so if he keeps that up as being my running back four, that's one I'm really excited about. And then the other guy that I'm going to talk about is Michael Gallup. Now, Michael Gallup is a guy who over the last two seasons has had 100 targets each year. He's had at least 850 yards. He had 850 last year, and then he had 1,100 the year before, and he's had at least five touchdowns. So this guy is going out. At the, I got him in round 10, almost round 11, and he can still oh put up 1,100 yards a game with Dak coming back healthy. He put oh. up 100 targets last year without Dak. Without, oh, my goodness. And so this is a guy that I think could really help the back end of your team. Now, his receptions are down in the 60s, 50s, 55, 60s. So he's not – like his catch rate's a lot lower. Yeah. But still, for, for a guy who puts up 100 targets to get him in the 10th round, that's something that I was really excited about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so those are the two guys that I was very happy about. Cole Beasley was another one, just but Lucas had talked about him the last ep- – or a couple episodes ago, but he's a sleeper that he really likes. Baker Mayfield's a guy I'm really high on. I got him at quarterback yeah. 12. Yeah. Um, and then Gerald Everett is another tight end I'm <laughs> the, happy. The fanciest tight end in the league. <laughs> I was happy to take him in round 14. Um, and that was mainly because Tyler took my guy, Dallas Goddard, who I was looking at round nine. And so I was forced to wait. And then I just kind of was like, you know what? I'm not taking any of them. And so I just kind of punted on tight ends at the very end. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you'll be able to trade for a tight yes. end because one, you're cam too <laughs> you have so many other yes. like position value elsewhere that you can dump some off for a, a no. relatively decent tight end i know so. one of my one of my nine wide receivers on my roster you took nine wide receivers so there was one two three four five six seven or seven wide receivers my seven. Bad. Oh, seven wide receivers. i was like are we doing a dynasty mock draft uh, here or so. something or three, five, yeah seven my bad my oh jeez. nine would have been ridiculous yeah. i don't even think i could have nine but seven's still pretty good yeah i think you would need what like only three running backs and a quarterback and then maybe but (laughs) man my man my man no it's all good it's all good and like i said you you have so much more flexibility with you know trading and dropping because there's a chance that some of those guys in the later rounds don't pan out yeah and there's a tight end that pops out of nowhere like let's say a cole Komet Mm -hmm. or an adam troutman and anthony ferkser and and I'm going to be honest, I don't really like taking running backs in the late rounds that I don't think are going to be yep. started. So there's a lot of guys, and I know, I know you're one of them that likes to take those handcuff running backs. That's just not how I like to do it. I like to have guys that I know have potential to – that can be in my starting lineup week after week. Right. And if I, take a, if I take a handcuff, it's just one. Yes. I don't want them as my running back four or five. I'm not – I – You'd never want to bank on a player getting hurt yes. to have them. Then you're just in. a bad human being. Right? <laughs> you're just awful at wishing ill will on people. Exactly. No. Um, no. So that was the rest of Cam's draft. Mm-hmm. I'll run through the rest of Lucas's picks, and I think maybe we will just share yeah. who we like out of his. So in the ninth round, he grabbed 
Michael Carter, the running back for the mm-hmm. Jets. Uh, the 10th round was Russell Gage, who figures to be the wide receiver two in Atlanta now that Julio's out. Uh, he picked up Elijah Moore, the wide receiver for the Jets. Two Jets oh, players for Jets those counting at home. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I like both of them. They're going to be good guys, but two Jets players? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, Bad juju. <laughs> Bad juju. Yeah. So that was round 11 for him with Elijah Moore. The 12th round, he took uh, Chuba Hubbard. Um, Greatest name in football right now. Best name in football. <laughs> Goodness. Um, as solely a handcuff for McCaffrey, and I, yes. I don't blame that at all. 13th round, he took Jonu Smith, who recently signed with the Patriots. Yes. Uh, round 14, he took his guy, Daniel Jones, who he uh, recently – hyping up yeah, to me, dude. trying to convince me that I should be taking him. Yeah, he had a little monologue a yeah. couple episodes ago on uh, Daniel Jones. Um, and then his kicker was Young uh, Young Hoo-Koo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it is noted and worth mentioning that we are big, big Young Hoo-Koo fans Huge. on the podcast. Um, and then in the 16th round, just uh, crapshoot for defensive picks yeah. at this pick. He, he just was the second, second to last defense off the board. Yeah. So, um, Cam, who – I think be, – maybe I'll ask you this. Between Russell Gage and Elijah Moore, who do you think will have the better season between the two? I'm going to go Russell Gage. I think just he's on a better offense. I still don't trust that Jets offense. And the fact that Elijah Moore is probably going to be the second target on a really, really bad team, that just – Scares me. I mean, he could obviously break out, mm-hmm. um, but I think I like Russell Gage more. I think there's a reason he went around ahead of um, Elijah Moore, and I mean, he put up pretty good numbers when Julio was gone. So I don't think that that's going to go away. Mm-hmm. So I would probably take a chance on Russell Gage before Elijah Moore. Yeah, yeah. I I'm kind of I'm kind of torn between them because Russell Gage kind of showed out a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were stats saying that he was on pace for what was it like a hundred receptions, hundred targets, yeah. or something, and fourteen hundred yards or something. And that was it. Was only the last like four games of the year. Yeah, that so we're extrapolating from right. And now that Julio's out, he has an opportunity in front yeah. of him to produce versus Elijah Moore, where there's been some great news coming out of camp about him and and um, you know where the Jets took him to because the Jets actually could have taken another receiver in the, in the first round, but yeah. they opted away because they knew they could get Elijah Moore in the second. So um, Lucas had also mentioned that uh, Cole Beasley actually went after. Yeah. yeah I took you him. took him. I um, took him after both Russell Gage and Elijah Moore. Yeah. And Lucas said, had he seen Cole Beasley on the big board when yep. he picked, he would have taken Beasley over Moore. Um, so it's really up to your your own judgment and your own opinion. Because these guys are all flyers. These guys yeah. are either going to pan out, they're going to be, or they're going to be, eh, and you're yeah. going to drop them. So that's kind of what you're getting at when you're getting these 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 round wide receivers. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I guess let me uh, let me hit on Michael Carter real quick. Mm-hmm. The fellas are also really big fans of Michael Carter. To the moon! <laughs> His value will go to the moon at some point this season. Um, it just seems like he, the offense is going to be is um, going to be set up for him in some mm-hmm. way. Tevin Coleman is the guy that projects to be probably the week one starter. Um, 
but Tevin Coleman has a, a track record of never being able to hold down the yeah. running back one duty. Um, and Michael Carter was arguably like the third best running back in this draft class, yeah. according to some people. So um, there is, there's reason to be excited for Michael Carter. If you're a Jets fan yeah. um, and he's what I think is a prototypical yeah. 49er running back the the speedy great hands mm. and shifty yep. running back we have cautious optimism yes like we're not taking him above round nine but we also when he if he falls to us we're like we're jumping all over yep yep he's a great i would say running he's a great running back four i could maybe understand maybe. a running back three but he's much more of a safer pick as your running back four at this point. For sure. So um, that was Lucas's picks, and now I will touch on the rest of my picks in the draft. I came touched on it it earlier. Um, I took Dallas Goddard in the ninth round, and if you remember remember last episode, uh, I took Noah Fant in the seventh, and Goddard was solely a makeup pick Mm -hmm. because of that Fant you know, mistake. Yep. Um, so then in round 10, I took Ryan Tannehill and I think Tannehill in the 10th round is great value. That's amazing. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is at the, is at the bottom of my like QB one. Yeah. QB one rankings. So to get him in the 10th now with Julio, when last year he finished top 10 without Julio, I think I, that's that's too good. I'm going to repeat a stat that I said on an earlier one. You weren't here, but I think since he took over, when he took over after Mariota left, he was quarterback two for the rest of that season. And then last year, whenever he had A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith, and Derrick Henry all on the field at the same time, quarterback three. Oh. So he's oh. Not saying he's, I'm not saying he's quarterback oh. two or three again. I'm going to pump the brakes on that. <laughs> pump it. But he – he has proven that he can put up numbers when he has those guys. And I want to be honest, I like Anthony Fisker and Julio Jones more than I like uh, Johnny Smith and Corey Davis. So yeah, I th- absolutely. I think – and then it, you give A.J. Brown another season, Yeah, much better weapon. Oh, so yeah. watch yeah. out. Yeah, and I mean, they have um, – I know this guy that I'm about to mention, he's not worth taking in your mm-hmm. fantasy drafts or anything, but Josh Reynolds was yes. also the wide receiver three for the Rams for yep. the past couple of years. And a lot of people were actually kind of, you know, optimistic about him that he could actually kind of burst out a little bit. Uh-huh. Never really did with the Rams, but he is no scrub of a wide receiver three. So yes. that's another weapon for him to use. So he boosts the rest of his team, but he's not a guy that you're going to take. Yep, exactly. Um, so then in round 11, I took Gus Edwards, the running back two, I guess, for Baltimore. Yep. Then round 12, uh, I found Henry Ruggs. Um, I was still available, so I grabbed him. Round 13, Latavius Murray. Uh, round 14 then, I took my QB2 in Carson Wentz, and I finished up my team then with uh, Washington as my defense and Jason Myers, the kicker for Seattle. Um, the two guys I was re- I was most excited about, I- I'll start with Henry Ruggs. Um, there's really no statistical evidence yeah. for him being a good value pick and round 12 but the reason that he figures to be the top wide receiver option mm-hmm. in las vegas 
to grab that in round 12, I think one is highly unlikely because also ESPN has them inside like the top hundred players. So round 12 is probably the latest that you'll see him, but yeah, I mean, in terms of this mock draft, I was more than glad to grab him in round 12. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, he figures to be the top pass catching option for Derek Carr this year. Yeah. Um, In in round 12, that's more than I could ask for. And uh, the second guy that I was really excited about was Gus Edwards. And we touched on the handcuff running backs already. Um, But I – if I were to take a, a handcuff running back, Gus Edwards is my number one option. And I looked at his stats last year compared to, let's say, your Alexander Madison's mm-hmm. of the world, your Latavius Murray's, who I actually later grabbed, but uh, I digress. Uh, Tony Pollard, uh, Philip Lindsay. Um, Philip Lindsay was, was kind of beat up last year, so yeah. he doesn't really compare in this ranking, but – Essentially, out of all those guys that I listed, uh, Gus Edwards had the second most carries, the most rushing yards, and the ru- and the most rushing touchdowns. So, definitely not going to be someone that I start right away, or mm-hmm. probably at all, unless I'm that desperate of a of a plug yeah. and play for maybe a week. But um, if Dobbins, you know, somehow picks up an injury or something like that. I think Gus Edwards fits right into that yeah. Dobbins role of that goal line running back threat because his efficiency is insane too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lamar and Lamar seems to be that early down design yes. run runner for the Ravens. So with Edwards, <clears throat> excuse me, behind Dobbins, uh, I think it's more than a good pick as my running back yeah, for. So for sure. Um, now with that, uh, I got a couple questions for you, Cameron. All right. Um, about just more strategy, more, um, you know, where do you find value when you're in a predicament in your yeah. drafts? Um, Definitely. And the first one, maybe not, maybe isn't so much strategy, more so it's just because these are players that we've talked about and we're not super yes. high on, but yes. some other people are. Uh, <clears throat> ESPN. <clears throat> uh, so... DeAndre Swift is ranked as the 22nd best player available on ESPN, mm-hmm. and that's a running back 15th. And Miles Sanders is ranked at number 23, running back 16. Knowing, you know, how you feel about those guys, yes. where would you rather place them on ESPN's big board? So let me be honest about DeAndre Swift. I really, really, really want to like DeAndre Swift. Like, <laughs> I do. And he has, he's got so much skill. So he's a guy that I still think could – despite what everyone's saying, he could still be that, like, a top-tier run. Yes. Kind of fit into that, like, second tier. But I would probably move him back. They got Dobbins at 29. Probably move him back there and probably move Clyde Edwards-Lair up to where he is at. Because they got Clyde Edwards-Lair running back 17, down at 28 overall. Probably move move Edwards-Lair up. I would drop Miles Sanders back to the fifth round. Probably between... Wow. Um, pick 50 and 58. Uh, there's a lot. Of, that would put him at running back 23, 24. And it's just, I mean, that's 100% preference. I just, <laughs> I don't think he's the guy. I just don't. I think Jalen Hurts is going to take away too many rushing attempts. I think that the rest of the, that there's going to be too, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a crowded backfield. 
Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that they don't they don't think any of those guys are a real threat. I just do. I don't think that Miles Sanders has shown that he's good enough to command that backfield by himself. Yeah. And so I I would personally move him back to round five. That's where I would take Miles Sanders. But he's going round. I mean, in our draft, he went round three, pick nine. He went out of Julio, uh, Allen Robinson, Lamar Jackson, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, and Chris Carson. That's too high. And that is way too high for me. Yeah, that's um, too but high. that's where ESPN has him ranked. ESPN has him going to round two. Yeah. And I, I, I won't touch him until round five. Yeah. That's, if I'm being Easily. honest. Easily. Yeah. And I think, I think if I'm the team that is like, okay, I see Sanders is falling and I need a running back too. Yeah. I will still pass over Sanders. Oh, yeah. I like the only the only time that I'll take Sanders is if he's my running back three, right? Yeah. And even then, it's still a like, do I really want to? So that's pretty interesting. Yes. And I think it's it, like you said, DeAndre Swift has every tool possible yes. to still be the the prominent back in that Lions backfield. Yes, and there's just some cautiousness that we use with with swift and i think it shows that you have to have your own rankings yes or at least rankings of someone that you really trust like i i love espn i go off the rankings a lot but i don't i don't always like they're not like gospel per se like yeah. they're not something that i'm gonna like put my whole heart and soul on and be like this is what i trust like that's why I, that's why we create our own rankings is because like we use we definitely use this to create our rankings but at the same time like we use our ranks because that's how we're gonna pick right and then we don't get caught up in this cheat sheet. Yep. And yeah, full transparency. We got caught up in the bit on the oh, sleeper big. All board. three of us did. You heard it. And that just proves that we needed our own yes. rankings in front of us because the second you try and go off the big board, you forget about one or two players and you're kicking yourself later for not taking them. Yep. So another question I've got for you. For sure. Uh, I'm in need of a flex player right now. Do I take Juju Smith-Schuster or do I take Brandon Cooks? Ooh. See, I'm going Brandon Cooks here. Um, Ooh, okay. I am taking Brandon Cooks because he is going to be wide receiver one in that offense. Yep. He is going to be the main target. Brandon Cooks is good. He is. Brandon Cooks has put up 1,000 yards like six out of seven seasons with it, or something like that. Like, yep. he's, he's, he's always good, and I think he's just so underrated because he's moved around so many times. Like, he's not that staple. Um, he's not on – he's never been like – flashy like 1500 yards but he's always been like 1100 yards receiving Mm -hmm. and i don't think i mean juju might touch that but he just i mean he's that wide receiver three maybe two in that offense i mean i know he finishes um 19 last year but he just did not show any consistency yeah and i think brandon cooks just has like the opportunity for so much more volume in that offense. And I think that's why I would take them there. It is very close though. Yeah. Even, even with Deshaun Watson, yes. let's say if Watson's out for the year, are you still taking Cooks then? See, then I'm probably, mm, then it'd be really close. I, I'd probably actually avoid both of them. Yeah, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um, that's just personally, if I had to take one, maybe I then start thinking Juju just because I know that he, I think his floor is higher than Cooks, but yeah. it might not be actually. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, because Juju s- seems to be that third mouth to feed yes. down the offense now with Najee there. Yeah. Um, with Brandon Cooks, he's that he's the first option to go yep. to. Um, it's hard to imagine what that offense will look like with Tyrod Taylor yes. under center. But um, if I'm if I'm completely honest as well, 
I'm probably going to avoid these two guys and yes. probably take another running back then yeah. or a quarterback or maybe even a tight end. For sure. If those are the two guys. The only, the only two wide receivers in that, yeah. Yeah. So, it's pretty interesting, though. That's mm-hmm. That that one makes you think because you're yeah. like, those are really tricky situations yes. to figure out. So, um, who do you think will – if you need a wide receiver too, okay. would you rather have Julio Jones or Kenny Galladay? Ooh, see, I got Galladay higher, mm-hmm. but it's so – I mean, Julio's ceiling is so much higher. I yep. think it depends on who I got before. If I got wide receivers, like if I took a Justin Jefferson or something like that, I honestly think I'd go Galladay just because mm-hmm. I think the – I think because like Julio, I mean, the wheels could just fall off for Julio. Yep. But if I got like a Keenan Allen or a Michael Tom- – I mean, even a Michael Thomas I still really trust or a Devontae Adams or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think I go Julio here just because I think the ceiling's higher. Mm-hmm. I didn't in our mock draft, or no, I didn't have a choice because Kenny Galladay went around later. Yep. Um, but if they're like back to back, I'm probably gonna actually end up going Julio just off the ceiling, unless I don't have any like guys I trust. Because I I know a lot of people don't trust Kenny Galladay this year, but I do. Yeah. So that that would be my reasoning behind that of taking Kenny Galladay before Julio. Sure. Yeah. And and so just to summarize. It really depends on what your yeah. wide receiver situation is at that moment, yes. right? If you have Tyreek or Devontae. Yes. Then, I got a top five, top six, seven guy. Then, right. Then you would take Julio just yes. because you're already guaranteed of a higher ceiling. Yes, because then I could potentially have two top five wide receivers. Right. But if you have, let's say, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen probably. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. Then you would probably take Kenny just because yes. he's a more he his floor is higher. I think so. But Julio's ceiling is See, higher. See, I, I struggle with that. I think I think in the moment I probably end up taking Julio. Yeah. You know, just because it like passing up on Julio Jones, like just knowing how good he could be would be really tough. Yeah. And I don't I mean, if people criticize you for taking Julio Jones if he like let's say has a disaster of a season. Yeah. They obviously don't really know what they're talking about yeah. because Julio has finished in the top five multiple seasons yeah. for wide receivers. So, and I think I'd rather have that risk of right. Julio just knowing. Yeah. Julio's Julio's kind of uh, bio or profile bio, we'll yeah. say, is high risk, high reward. Yes. And if you feel so, if you want to take that risk, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm, no one's going to stop you from doing yeah. it. Um, but just, I don't think it's much of a guarantee of a top ten, top five campaign as he's done in the past. Yeah. So, um, let's do let's do one more question, then we'll move on to mailbag. All right, um, mailbag. Last two running backs before the dreaded running back drop off. Yes. Who are you taking, Josh Jacobs or Miles Gaskin? I'm taking Miles Gaskins, uh, and that's just like I think last year. Last year, I definitely was taking Josh Jacobs. Um, and it's just because, like, Jacobs, I, I mean, just volume is king last year. Mm-hmm. But Kenyon Drake's going to cut in that volume. His efficiency has been dreadful, and he's just not an effect in the passing game. Whereas Miles Gaskins was really effective in the passing game. That's where he did most of his That's damage. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, two is still so young. He's going to need to check down. And so I think Gaskins is going to be his guy. Yeah. So that's where, that's where I take Gaskin. I, I know you're high on Gaskin, too. Yep. 
So I'd assume you're probably the same. Yeah. Well, and, and another, I think I also have Jacobs ahead of Gaskin, but I think if it came down to the two, I just would like Gaskin more on my team. Yeah. Yep. And something that I look at when I look at running backs, um, and this is something that I got from another YouTuber um, that does fantasy football coverage and mm. stuff. Basically, when you're drafting a running back, mm. you're also drafting their offensive line, right? Yeah. So when when you think offensive line, you think of surefire yeah. offensive lines like Indies, mm-hmm. like Cleveland's, like Baltimore's, or oh, who would be another one? Um, Dallas, even yeah. like when you. That's something to at least remember when you're drafting a running back. Remember whose offensive line or what offensive yeah. line they have in front of them. Oakland, or sorry, Las, Oakland, Vegas. Las Vegas now just destroyed their old line. <laughs> yeah, they have one returning starter. Oh my gosh, they just destroyed yeah, it. Yeah, it's completely it up. Yeah, it's all it's all brand new. Is it um, just Rishi Rich, Incognito? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that's just the only guy. So yikes. Yeah, and then with the Dolphins, they have a whole bunch of young pieces. They mm-hmm. added a tackle from Notre Dame in the draft. They took um, they took a tackle last year. And they already had pieces already in that offensive line. For sure. So that's a a, a growing offensive line. Mm-hmm. So I would rather bet on that offensive line than Las Vegas's yes. offensive line. Hundred so. percent. All right. Well, let's move on to the mailbag. Mailbag. Um. So this question, I oh, I should have remembered what this guy's handle is. Um. It's the oh, it's Dakota Dakota or Dakota. Is or, that him? Is he yeah, I think this is him. I think that's him. What was the question? Uh, thoughts on all the hype surrounding Logan Thomas? No, this one's a different guy. This is a different one. This is Neil. Neil's already asked this question before. Oh, that's um, right. Neil one two five four. I'm such a bad host. That's all right. Anyway, no, no, anyway. no. You're good. You're good. I'm a little rusty. We'll say that. Yes, but thoughts on all the hype surrounding Logan Thomas. Well, we heard it last week. I'm not one of those ones that's hyped on Logan Thomas. <laughs> tight end, what, 12? I, t- I got a tight end 15. No, oh, that – Gerald oh. Everett's tight end 12, <laughs> that, baby. Oh, man. I mean, I think he's a good wide receiver and a good offense, but, I mean, Fitzpatrick isn't known for throwing to that tight end. I just – I'll let you answer on this one. Yeah. I'm just not. I need. Not. I need to adjust my tight end rankings. I feel like I say that every week. Yes, Lucas, we need you back. <laughs> um, all that I come back to is that it's not Alex Smith throwing in the ball That's anymore. Um, we love Alex Smith. But yeah, it, the man, story was what amazing. Guy. What a what a what a guy, dude. I mean, tough as bones, yeah. tough as nails, and <laughs> tough as bones. How is that? How am I hosting? <laughs> I can't. Who let him in? Who let me? Oh my goodness! You will find me on the outskirts of town <laughs> next episode. It's gonna be a one-man show. <laughs> it will be. Um, no, but like I said, with um, Ryan Fitzpatrick now throwing him the ball um, and adding Curtis Samuel, and now Antonio Gibson supposedly having a bigger role in the offense, I just think he gets squeezed out a bit. I think he'll still get maybe three, four catches a game, um, but he's going to be like the very bottom of starting tight ends. Yeah. Like first one to drop if you find a better tight end. Yeah. He'll be the tough one. Yeah. 
Hey, I mean, he's still got a lot of potential to be good. Like, this is true. None of us are counting, counting him out. I just don't think any of us are, like, super hyped. Yeah, and, I mean, I think of three tight ends right off the bat that I'd rather have in front of Logan Thomas. After the top six you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, I would rather have Dallas Goddard, Mike Gusecki, and probably Robert Tunyon. Would you take Fant? <laughs> I drafted him high, but I wouldn't take him. Yeah, no, I with Fant. I'll touch on Fant oh. real quick. <laughs> That's my fault. Uh, I'll touch on Fant real quick. Uh, Cortland Sutton is back, and their wide receiver room. Did you know that Tim Patrick didn't have any drops last year? Did you <laughs> know the that opposite of Jerry Judy. Yeah, the <laughs> complete opposite. So there's four good targets. There's Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, um, and Tim Patrick. Um, and now you add Javante Williams, who figures to be this up and next running back for yeah. the team. And, but you still already have Melvin Gordon, so and you could have really bad quarterback play with Drew Locke. So yeah, like I, I, I'm fading Logan Thomas and fans after yeah. this episode. So um, <laughs> great question, Neil. Great question. Thank you for bringing this up. This needs to be talked about more. Um, our next question, and I believe our last question. Yep, last one. Uh, comes from Alan Jackson Flint. Did I say that correctly? I, I think, think I so. I think I said that right. Um, if not, we, yeah, we disrespect have, him. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, told, yeah, we totally disrespect him if we got that wrong. But who are your priority picks in Dynasty Leagues? In Dynasty Leagues? Hmm. So when I'm thinking Dynasty – my wide receivers, I'm kind of thinking anyone 29 and younger who's still really good. I yep. think because I think that cutoff kind of starts around that 31, 32 age. Yep. And when I'm thinking I'm starting a dynasty league, I'm thinking guys I can have for three years and yep. be solid. Because yep. that means I can have two good years for sure on my team, and then maybe I trade them after that, predicting that they have one more year. So I'm looking at any wide receivers that are younger than that who I think are still really good. Um, running backs, that 28 is kind of been seeming like a cop. I mean, like, if anybody's going to do it, it's probably going to be Derrick Henry to run past 20. I mean, the guy's just an absolute beast. But that's kind of where I am. I'm looking at rookies. I'm For me, if when I'm targeting running backs, it's those second-year running backs. It's the guys I really like. I really like CEH, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson. Yep. Uh, who else am I forgetting that's Dobbins. in that uh, J.K. Dobbins, you know, I, I really like these guys, and a lot of these guys struggled last year because they had no offseason. Right. They had no time to prepare. And I think that they're going to be really good this year. And if you look at, like, a Dalvin Cook, I mean, he took two, three years to really get going. Now he's running back, too. So you're kind of picking one of these guys, like, all right, this could be that next guy that kind of fill in that top three. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, just three guys just to give off, mm-hmm. you know, some – something to chew on yep. um zach moss robbie anderson and lavisca chanel um zach moss seems to be taking over the that bill's backfield and yep. i think eventually defenses are going to figure out that offense without a run game right. <laughs> so um i'm you know i think zach moss steps in and kind of takes over that backfield this year or you know mm-hmm. even next year uh robbie anderson I think we all agree should be the wide receiver one yes. on the Panthers. We like him more than DJ. Moore. We like him more than DJ. Moore. At least us two. Yes. We won't speak for Lucas. Yeah, we won't. Yeah, we can't do that. Not when he's not here. Um, but yeah, Robbie Anderson. Um, I think he has. He just signed 
in Carolina last year. Yeah. So he has three years left on his deal. And now he has what I think a lot of people would argue is an upgrade at QB. It's not much of an upgrade, but a lot of people would rather have Sam Darnold than Teddy as their quarterback. So um, he's another guy. And then LaVisca Chenault, he kind of came on towards the end of last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Now he's in a new offense. So he's got a kind of a fresh start. Yeah. You never really want to have a fresh start for a so- going into your sophomore year, um, but the the word around camp, at least from the the Jaguars, is that Lavisca is kind of slowly taking over wide receiver one duties yeah. from DJ Chark. So, um, yeah, I got one more, Jackson. I know you're a huge Jackson's a friend of the podcast, yeah, by big, the way. Yeah, big. Friend. Um, I know you're a Steelers fan, so the guy I'll give you is Deontay Johnson. Yeah, going into year three, we all really like him. He's still falling even in dynasty leagues. He's a guy I would really be targeting. Yep. Now let's let's say one guy in normal leagues or redraft leagues who outside of the first round outside the first. Um. You know who I'm gonna say? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a guy later who I'm really targeting, and that's Chris Carson. Oh, okay. I think Chris Chris Carson's proven when he's healthy. That's the problem is he hasn't stayed healthy, but when he's yeah. healthy, he can put up top five running back numbers. Yeah, that's true. He's ridiculous in that offense, and he's, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of him this offseason, but he looks just jacked. And yeah. so he's he's a guy. I mean, he's fallen fourth. I mean, even early fifth, I've seen him fall. So he's a guy that I'm really targeting the redrafts. Yeah, and I think for me, I'll go down that. I'll go down that same that same road. Uh, Curtis Samuel. I talked about him a couple episodes ago. Um, was it last? Ep- oh no, two episodes. Two episodes ago. Would have been two episodes ago, but um, he kind of broke out last year. Yes. Not necessarily in the way that everyone likes to think of a top ten breakout performance, mm-hmm. but according to previous years, going from triple digit wide receiver finish to or his rookie year, sophomore year was a wide receiver forty range. Mm-hmm. And then this past year, he broke into the top 25. Um, I think, yes, he did switch teams, but I think he is entering another situation that he was just in. So sure. I think grabbing him as a potential flex, if I need it more so as a wide receiver four, mm-hmm. I would be beyond thrilled if yeah. I had him there. So definitely with that, we will wrap up this episode. Um, Man, this was – I really enjoy these mock drafts. I so love them. I can do them every week. I, 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 I don't want to admit how many I do, but I do, <laughs> I do quite a few every day. I do enough. <laughs> I do enough. Um, so, yeah, um, be sure to like, subscribe, comment down below. Yes. Leave <laughs> us comments. We want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Tell us if we're doing bad. Yeah, please. Actually, <laughs> the feedback would actually kind of help. Yeah. Tell- I know I'm a bad host, so <laughs> maybe you leave out those comments, but – um, yeah, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. Lucas is usually our handle guy. Yes. We're missing that. But it, it has something with FF fellas, football. If, if you just search fantasy football fellas, you'll find us. We'll, we'll be there. We'll be there. Don't we'll be worry. there. Yeah. We have the triple F as our logo. Yeah. We'll be there. <laughs> you can't miss us. So yeah. Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. You Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can watch or yes. get your podcast we are there so um with that thanks for tuning in yep. and we uh we will see you next week see you next week. deuces deuces
Hey, thanks again for tuning into the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast today. Make sure to subscribe so you get notifications of all of our weekly podcasts now on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, make sure to subscribe, turn on those notifications. You can do the same for our social media, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram. Hey, we're on YouTube if you want to see us uh, video record these podcasts. Fantasy Football Fellas there. Uh, same thing on Facebook and TikTok, Fantasy Football Fellas. If you want even more insights to any of our rankings, uh, head on over to fantasyfootballfellas.com. I uh, got all sorts of rankings there. You can see our first mock draft that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, all sorts of different exciting content there we have for you as well. Three Stooges, just being dudes. Deuces. <laughs>